It's always my goal to introduce you to a woman who will inspire you. And this week, I know we hit the jackpot. Why? Well, because her success story didn't really ignite until she was 55 years old. And every day since then, she has been on fire, leaping towards her goals and making her dreams come true. Hi, this is Candy O'Terry. Welcome to the story behind her success. The woman you are about to meet is the founder of the Raven International Broadcast Empire, which includes podcasts, radio shows, TV, consulting services, a development deal with Roku, and an agency for podcasters where they can learn how to monetize their content. It's hard to believe that someone who has accomplished so much later in life spent the first 55 years of her life feeling as if she wasn't good enough, that she was undeserving of success, and that she would never get to where she wanted to go. So why bother trying? But it's true. Her attitude has completely changed. And when it comes to being too old to reach your dreams, here's what she has to say. Put your skates on and buckle up, because that means you got to do what you want to do, not tomorrow, but today. Words of wisdom from this week's guest, Raven Blair Glover, also known as Raven the Talk Show Maven. And she's got lots more wisdom to share. Trust me. We met at the New Media Summit in San Diego about a year ago, and I knew I had to know more about her to hear her story firsthand. Raven's empire didn't happen overnight. It was brought to life by a personal crisis, a moment when Raven realized that her beloved mother might not be there to lead the family much longer, and that the best way to honor her was to finally stand on her own two feet. So I started our interview by asking Raven to share the story of the day she stepped into the rest of her life. You know, I love sharing this story now, but back then I tell you, it was the scariest time. I mean, imagine watching your mom that walks in there looking like Lena Horne, just got it together, you know, just dressed up, even going to the hospital, looking just beautiful. And then days later, you can almost see the bones in her body. She had an aneurysm, and so they had to take care of that. They thought she was going to be in there for 10 days. She ended up being in there for almost four weeks, three and a half weeks in the ICU. And we thought that she would be out of the hospital by that time. But no, her hospital journey was really just beginning. And for me, we had lost my dad from mistakes that was made at Veterans Hospital a few years earlier. So my sister and I and my son came down from New York, the three of us, we actually lived in the ICU unit for three weeks. Slept there, showered there, the whole bit. We were not leaving her side. And then one day while being in the chapel and I was praying and, and I got the sense of the answer that I feel from my God saying, your mom's going to be OK, but she's going to be different. And you're going to have to do something that you never, ever done before. You're going to have to be there for the family, not just for your mom, but for your family, because it's going to be a different journey for her. And at this point, she was the matriarch of the family. She was the strong person. She was the one that even as a 55 years old, because that's how old I was when she went in the hospital and um, I was making $10 an hour, 20 hours a week. I was going back and forth, even though I was married in a different marriage at that time. I was going back asking for money, asking for help. So was my sister, who was 57. 
So it was like we depended on mom. We were barely making it on our own. And so my instructions that I got at the chapel was to step up, show up and grow up, take responsibility on how I could be raised in the suburbs, how my parents could have a chain of restaurants. And still, I find myself at 55 making $10 an hour, working 20 hours a week. Right after I left the chapel, hours later, I jumped on a teleseminar call. It was called Teleseminar Secrets Conference Call. And I heard Alex Mendozian say that the quickest way to become an expert, Candy, was to interview experts. And there was this real cool thing called podcasting, and you didn't need an FCC license. And all you had to do was get on free conference call and get somebody else on there and ask the question, zip it, ask the next question, zip it. And then you can take that call and post it on this thing called podcasting. And I remember saying, I can do that. And right then I made the decision that I was going to create Women Power, which has gone on to become Amazing Women of Power, which now has become Raven International Broadcast Media Empire because we've also added TV portion of it and media portion of it. But it all started from that moment at the hospital. Isn't it so true that there are times in our lives where we have those moments? You're going to have to show up and show up big. You can't be small. You got to take big, gigantic steps because she's going to need you. And, you know, at 55, making $10 an hour, working 20 hours a week, I couldn't help myself. So how was I going to support financially or otherwise with mom? And then grow up, that was the one that was like, take a good look at the person in the mirror. How could you be set up for success and not be there and not take advantage of all the tools and all the things that your parents gave you up to this point? And I had to say it was my fault. It wasn't theirs. It was my fault. I got in my own way. And isn't that the case with most of us, Candy? Tell me what it was like for you getting started in podcasting. It was exciting to a point, And it definitely was the shining light at a very long, dark road. Because, again, you know, I started teaching myself what the heck was podcasting and how do I ask for an interview and how do I conduct an interview? So, you know, when mother slept, I borrowed the hospital's computers and I Googled. In fact, I did so much and worked so hard and was so excited running around the hospital saying, I'm going to start a show. It's going to be called Women Power and it's going to be for baby boomer women like me who want more out of life and are determined to get it. And the hospital staff got so excited. They said, you know what? When the big chiefs leave in the evening, you know, around seven in the evening, you can come here late at night, but you got to be out by six in the morning and use our computers in our break room. That way I wouldn't have to share with the whole ICU ward because there was plenty of people waiting for their family to get well that I could use their computers. And that's what I did. I Googled everything, put my show together. That was February 6, 2006. And April 23rd, I launched my first show, Women Power, from the kitchen table on a conference call line interviewing a person that had wrote a book called with six, you get laundry, a friend of my sister's. And I interviewed her and that was how the first show was put together. But it was exciting to me because it was a 13 year old dream that I had on being on the radio that came true at the age of 55. So that part was exciting, but it was scary because there were so many health complications with mom going back and forth to surgery we didn't know she was going to make it sometimes. So that was very frustrating, very scary. And it took a lot of effort, a lot of praying, a lot of doing to stay on point. But I just had this feeling in my gut 
that it was for a reason beyond what I could see. There mm. is an art to interviewing mm-hmm. and you have been called by people like Jack Canfield, as in Chicken Soup for the Soul. One of the greatest interviews he's ever had was the one that he had with you. What's the key to a great interview? And new podcasters, listen carefully to this answer. (laughs) You know what, Candy? I really think the key to being a great interviewer is being a better listener. Let our hearts and our gut just lead us through the interview is what I say. And the best way to do that is to be an exceptional, and I'll repeat, an exceptional listener. That means no multitasking, no being on the computer, no looking at the paper. Don't even try to write down the bullet points and stuff, because when you're doing that stuff, you are not laser focused on the interview. Just trust your gut, trust your heart, and be a great listener and feel your way through the interview. If you do that, it will lead you to the next question. You know, there are also times I've felt for many, many years in doing this that the best answers are the ones that come so unexpectedly. I call those the treasures Mm -hmm. because sometimes you have to just follow the person where they're going and it might be unknown territory. You're not sure what's going to happen over there. That's the scary (laughs) part, right? Yeah, that is very scary. But exciting, you know, so you you just want to let those treasures, as you say, come out, you know, and just and let it flow. You know, you may have started in 2006, but here we are in 2021. And what you've really created is an empire. And that includes careers from the kitchen table, women power talk radio, mentoring from MLM Divas Live, Ravens Celebrity Rave. And then there are the books and the courses. Tell us a little bit about those. I had so many shows. I decided to start a network called Amazing Women and Men of Power. And so we have actually 35 hosts that we've trained and got them on a podcast. And we're getting ready to relaunch our radio station at the end of March. So we'll get back on Live 365 so they can be aired there. And now we have Raven International TV Network. We're developers for Roku and Amazon Fire and Apple TV. So now we're able to put them there. And I think we have like four channels, uh, Raven International TV, Short Talks TV, Careers from Home TV and Broadcasters Unite. We're proud to say we just added at the end of last year, an agency for podcasters to help struggling, frustrated podcasters, Candy, start making professional income. So we have profitable podcaster agency. We have different levels they enroll and based on where they enroll, they can get paid 30 to 70 percent commission off of what their guests invest in from our other agency beyond the interview agency. So we we created a whole path for podcasters that will take them first, getting their podcasts up all the way to getting them broadcasting on podcasts, radio and TV. And then uh, the big part, getting them from not making money to making some money. Our agents have been fortunate to make as little as 500 and as much as uh, 5,000. So we're really excited about that. They have never made money on their show and they make it pretty quickly, too. We take them through our monetize your guests five step system that shows them how to turn free guests into paid clients. I believe that we are all part of our upbringing. The people Mm. who raise us make us who we are. Tell us a little bit about your upbringing. You come from Cleveland, Ohio. 
Yes, Cleveland, Ohio. My mother had a chain of restaurants called the Blair House Restaurants, which they worked night and day in. During the time we grew up was during the rioting days. I remember police knocking on our door at two in the morning saying your restaurant had broke in because people were rioting in that area. I was very active in school. I used to sneak to the neighborhood radio station, WJMO, when I was 13 because my mom then was so busy. I felt a lot of times like Casper the Friendly Ghost. I felt like, you know, they didn't have time to really listen to what we say. That's why I'm so big on being a good listener. I felt unseen, unheard. I felt like I was never really acknowledged in school or or could never get into the in crowd. It's like, okay, yeah, okay, go away, go away. So I had that very low confidence, self-esteem, and really felt like Casper, really felt invisible. And that bothered me to my core. And that's when I started sneaking to the station. And WGMO made me feel happy. I felt like, oh, my God, these everybody all over the world can hear these DJs. I want to be a DJ. I want to be a DJ. But that uh, dream, of course, I gave up on it like most of us do. It felt bigger than life. And to be honest, back then, it wasn't a lot of African-American women on the air. It just wasn't. And if they were, it was more on the weather. You know, they were weather reporters or sports reporters. Some of them, if they were celebrities, they got that status. So it just seemed like such a far fetched dream. And you had to pass that FCC test. And that's why I tell people my dream found me at the hospital. But as far as me as a kid, I was always dreaming, always thinking big, always wanted more, always, always wanted to be recognized. I think most of my life has been trying to honor those things that really meant a lot to me. I wanted to be somebody. I really wanted to be somebody important. I wanted to do something great. And I tried many things and I just couldn't find my path until I launched that show from the kitchen table, the one that was created at the hospital. As you know, Candy, uh, what was it, 2017, I got a chance to walk across the stage in Atlanta and get pinned with the Presidential Lifetime Achievement Award. And that award means so much to me. Now I'm able to help other people that feel like Casper to step out of the shadows and into the spotlight because I really want to help those other fellow Caspers (laughs) to get out there and to be recognized. Because like I said, being recognized by the president, Barack Obama, was a huge thing for someone that felt so dismissed in life. And I felt when that happened, I'm like, okay, I'm building this thing. I'm building an empire. What do you say to the older woman who might be listening to you and I having this conversation today? And maybe she has some wish, some goal, some dream, and she thinks (laughs) she's too old to make it happen. Talk to her. (laughs) I would say if that's the way you feel, then put your skates on and buckle up, because that means you got to do what you want to do, not tomorrow, but today. You still have an opportunity to turn your dream into a reality, but it takes action. And when you get older, it takes fast action. It takes laser focus because we don't have a bunch of years to just waste. This happened to me at the age of 55. As we talk today, I'm 69. In a couple of weeks, April 12th, I'll be 70 years old. <laughs> and my best part of my life 
has been from 55 to now. I mean, with the exception of losing my parents, this has been the best part of my life. And the best, best part of it is that I'm helping others. And I never seen that in my future. You know, I just wanted to be heard. And now I see it wasn't meant for me to be a DJ. It was meant for me to go through the journey that I went through so that I could understand what I had. I can understand you know, the value and the power of your voice and the power of being able to go out and broadcast on podcasts and live streams. It doesn't matter. Like I said earlier, the platform is what matters is you get your message out. You're the leader people are looking for. But like me, if they don't see you, if they don't hear you, if they don't read about you, they have no way of knowing that you're there. What is the best piece of advice that you have ever received? And Raven, it can be personal, it can be professional, but could you pass that along to our listeners today? Yeah, this is ironic. One of the best advices I got was from my ex-husband, and I will credit him for this. Because I had went through so much emotional abuse and and felt so much like Casper and had such low self-esteem and had some personal things happen to me in my life, I carried that weight. I carried that baggage for years and it gets heavier and heavier. And before you know it, it drags us down. It lowers our self-esteem. We start to walk with our head down instead of up. So the best advice came from him when he said, Raven, it's not your fault, but it's your problem. It's not your fault that all these terrible things happen to you. Whatever the situation was, It's not your fault, but it's your problem because you keep hanging on to it. You got to let it go. Last couple questions. I ask everybody who sits where you are. Mm -hmm. The first one is when an obstacle is in your path, how do you get around it? I focus on the solution and not the problem. I identify the problem. I identify the obstacle. I identify the challenge. And then I start looking for the solution, the fastest path to that solution, too. I'm not trying to drag out the problem any longer than it needs to be dragged out. And I focus on what's the solution to this particular problem, not the other five, but that particular problem. Prioritize the problem and start knocking them down by finding the solution and push through it. What do you wish you knew? when you first got started on this journey of yours? I wished I had learned that you don't have to wait to be great. You can do it right now by just making it your intentions to clarify what you want, what your dream is, break it down, and then make it your intention to go after it no matter what. Early on before 55, I dreamed a lot. Like I told you, I was a dreamer. I wanted a lot of things, but I got in my way because I kept telling myself, this can't happen to you. You're not good enough. You know, you're not tall enough. You know, you're not the right color, whatever. You know, we can come up with a thousand excuses, but if it's meant to be, it's up to me. And that is true. We have everything we need inside of us, Candy, but most of us will not unleash our greatness. We won't go for it. 
mean, it's enough people in our life telling us what we can't do. But, you know, the the one that tells it to you the most, the one that you will listen to the most is you. So uh, Zig Ziglar used to say, you know, get rid of that stinking thinking. So we have to feed our brain. We have to speak what we want. If you want success in life, you got to walk the walk and talk the talk until you get there. Instead, I think we wait for other people to to give us permission to succeed. But success and succeeding starts with us giving our own selves permission. Final question. I think at different chapters in our lives, we see success very differently. And if I'd asked you what success meant to you at 55, you probably wouldn't have the same answer that you have today because you've got the gift of wisdom. Raven, the talk show maven, what does success mean to you right now? Right now, success means to me being able to take your good, bad and the ugly of your journey and use it as lessons to help other people that are going through the same challenges, the same disappointments, the same setbacks, you know, that you went through, being able to make a difference by paying it forward to make others have an easier path if they'll do the work. Raven, I want to say thank you so much for sharing your story, your thank inspiring you. story. Thank you for being my, oh my God. such a good friend to me. Show. I'm a candy show. Yay! <laughs> oh, that was so much fun. Thank you, Raven. If you'd like to know more about Raven Blair Glover, just go to AmazingWomenOfPower.com. And that's the story behind her success for this week. I'm always on the lookout for the next great guest. So if you know someone I should interview, reach out anytime on my website, candioterry.com. If you like this show, please subscribe. That really matters. It makes a difference. And leave a review. And if you're listening to the show on one of our radio affiliates, thank you for listening. I just love being back on the air. So keep listening and tell your friends that the story behind her success is like a dose of inspiration when you need it the most. Until next time, this is Candy O'Terry with a little reminder, when we lift each other up, we all rise.